Welcome to Passionate World Talk Radio. Educate, enlighten, and entertain. I'm Shannon Zeman, and thank you for joining us on the most important 15 minutes of your day, where we share expert information on safety and preparedness that you can use in your everyday life. We all celebrate the selfless heroes in our medical field who are on the front line fighting COVID-19. How can you be a hero and help save life? Have you ever thought of donating bone marrow? Well, today, my friend Denise Souza uh, from Be The Match joins me to discuss the ways that you can make life-saving donations to a patient needing bone marrow transplant and provide us with answers to the myths of donating bone marrow. In 1995, Denise donated bone marrow for a child with leukemia. After having a positive donation experience, she knew that working with Be The Match was her life's calling. With her own personal experience as a bone marrow donor and having worked with several hundred donors over the last 20 years, Denise now uses that knowledge to manage a team of donor coordinators. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're going to get right to it. And some think that the only way to donate bone marrow or stem cells is through a surgical procedure is you know, how many ways are there to actually donate? There's actually three ways to donate. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's the blood stem cell donation, mm -hmm. there's the surgical bone marrow procedure, and there's also um, cord blood donation. Mm -hmm. But today I'm going to focus on the two, uh, on two of the ways to donate. Okay. So um, the reality is 79% of donations are peripheral blood stem cell donations, um, and it doesn't involve any surgery at all. Oh, wow. So so PBSC donation is a non-surgical procedure um, and it's the most common way to donate. Oh. So for five days leading up to the procedure, donors receive five days of uh, a medication um, called filgrostum and this increases the number of the blood stem cells into your bloodstream. And then these are used for a transplant. So some of your blood is removed through a needle in one arm mm -hmm. and it's passed through a machine that separates out the blood forming stem cells. And then your, the remaining blood is returned to you through your other arm. So is that similar in essence, when you're donating blood, like the needle, the kind of setup, everything like that, or how is that? No, it's different. So it's similar to donating um, plasma. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever donated blood and you, you see uh, donors on the other side of the blood vein. Yeah, they look like they're getting a little bit more done. So there's actually, you know, there's a machine um, that's a cell separator that's involved um, okay. in that. So it's, it's very different. So, but it's not like, that's what you're saying. It's this way of donating isn't where you have to go into surgery no. and it's not a lot of, you know, downtime or no. recovery or anything like no. that. No, I like it's that. Easier. So, yeah. yeah. And so bone marrow donation is a surgical procedure and this is an outpatient procedure. Typically um, you receive um, anesthesia mm -hmm. um, and you feel no pain during the donation. Um, doctors use a needle to withdraw uh, marrow from the back of um, your pelvic bone, just the iliac crest, and um, they um, create two small puncture wounds, okay. and you're able to extract the marrow that way. So, is it a long time to recover from that? 
you know, everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. I, I, you know, I donated myself and it took, you know, at least a good two weeks where I didn't feel the discomfort at the site. Mm -hmm. Um, I was definitely, I had some fatigue for a little while, but that's, that's part of it. It it takes about four to six weeks for your body to, you know, regenerate, regenerate but you're saving a life. So two weeks of feeling a little lethargic is definitely worth it. (laughs) In my opinion, Um, are there risks in donating bone marrow or um, stem cells? So the truth is there are very few risks um, in donating blood stem cells. All donors are carefully pre-screened. We want to make sure there aren't any underlying health issues Mm -hmm. um, and that the the procedure is safe for them. Okay. So um, there are rarely any long-term effects Mm -hmm. um, from donating either PBSC or marrow. We call it PBSC. So it's peripheral blood stem cells. So the donor's immune system stays strong. That's, that's a common question that we get is, will this affect my immune system? Mm, That's a good question. Um, And so, and like I said earlier, your blood stem cells replenish in about four to six weeks. Okay. So, um, and again, no medical procedure is completely risk-free, mm-hmm. um, but every precaution is, um, is, is taken to ensure that um, the safety and the well-being of our donors. Yeah. It's always a scary thing, but um, I think, you know, taking into account what you're doing it for, uh, it, you know, kind of makes you put on your big girl pants and go do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only about one to 5%. Um, or less of your marrow is needed for a patient's transplant. Oh, so. that's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's not much. No, it's not much at all. Yeah. You can just assume, I, I guess you just assume you need yeah. more. I mean, it looks like a lot when we actually transport um, the, the bags yeah. of the bone marrow. Um, the stem cells, not so much, but the bone marrow, it does look like it's a lot. Yeah. But. So you've already told us there's three ways we can donate, but you know, I'm, I want us to explain to people so they're not afraid. So is it painful? How would you so the, talk about that? So the procedure itself isn't painful because you are under anesthesia. So you don't actually feel the procedure. And that's for the bone marrow donation. Um, and the TV shows and movies, they exaggerate the procedures and, and make it scary. Or they make it look like it's extremely easy and you're awake. Um, not easy, but that you're awake, right. kind of up on your elbows, reading a book or, <laughs> you know, no, it's not like that at all. Um, so I, I think we've got to, you know, not really pay attention to what they show on TV because it is, um, they can, they give the wrong information. Sometimes. And you have medical professionals administering it, doing all this. So you're, you're safe in that fashion. Like it, you know, they're taking great care of you. Yeah. And there is some discomfort after it's not an immediate recovery. I mean, for bone marrow donation, it's, you know, it's a good couple weeks before you, you're not really feeling that discomfort climbing, you know, climbing stairs right. um, or, and you're, you know, able to kind of, you know, bend down and pick things up yeah. um, and, and a little fatigue. Now with the peripheral blood stem cell donation, typically it takes about three days for our donors to feel like they're completely back to normal, but we follow up with every donor, um, you know, every week until they're fully recovered. Do you recommend so. donors have to take some time off of work? For the bone marrow donation, um, definitely, definitely, because you are, um, you're, you're sore from, from the actual procedure. And it's best to just take that time to rest. 
Self-care. Self-care. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Is it true that the best match is within your own ethnicity? This is true. This is definitely true. Um, Ethnic background is an important factor when matching donors and patients. So um, patients are most likely um, to match someone of their own um, ethnic background. And that's, that's because genetic type is inherited. Wow. So so it's completely different than like blood can be universal. Yeah. Blood's universal um, depending, you know, depending on your blood type. Um, But we, with any, you know, ethnic background, it's, it's best that, or you will match someone within your own ethnic background. So, and is there different ethnic backgrounds that need more donors or less like, is there more prevalent certain types of donors or who are you really needing? So that's a great question, Shannon. And our, our registry is predominantly Caucasian. And so one of the things that we are trying to, to uh, recruit our donors um, from uh, the black and African-American communities, um, Hispanic and Latino, um, our Asian and um, Pacific Islander, mm-hmm. those are, uh, and Native American, American mm-hmm. Indians, those are the most underrepresented um, uh, ethnic backgrounds. Ethnic backgrounds. And now, could it be, let's say, someone um, is, you know, two different nationalities? Could they possibly still, like, if um, one person is half African American and half Caucasian, could they? land into that? Yeah, there, so we have multi-race as okay. well. Oh, so um, that's definitely, that's a great question, Shannon. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So um, definitely um, patients of um, multi-race, um, uh, that's important as well. And that's, you know, an underrepresented ethnic background. Yeah, well. good. Okay. And then what are the age guidelines for um, joining the registry? Okay. So to join the registry, you have to be over 18 and you remain on the registry until your 61st birthday, unless you call and ask to be taken off. Um, So that happens. We're looking at 18, between 18 and 44, because uh, this age group provides the greatest chance for transplant um, Mm. success. Okay. Yeah. So So that's good. and, and And our physicians that are requesting our donors to donate for their patients, they are requesting donors in between 18 and 44, 86% of the time. Wow. It doesn't mean old gals like me won't be called again, but uh, (laughs) there's still hope. There's still hope. hope. I love it. So, okay. For me, unfortunately, I don't have the option to donate because I'm a breast cancer survivor and, you know, you know, all these great things that my body has put forth to me. So, but I, I love Be The Match. I love what you guys are doing. And so how could someone like me who unfortunately doesn't have the option to donate or just isn't at the point to donate right now, how can they get involved in health? That's such a great question. And we get this question a lot. So there's so many ways to help. So um, there's fundraising options, um, hosting a drive. During COVID-19, we're not really doing that. Um, volunteering and mm-hmm. one of the the great ways to volunteer which um, I'm so excited for you is uh, being a volunteer courier um, me right here <laughs> I'm finally getting to do it I'm yeah. so excited and and most importantly spreading the word I mean talking to your friends and and family members because they have 
members in their in their family that are in this age group. And you know, we want to be talking to um, our our younger um, our younger population. So when my son turns eighteen, he's getting a swab kit for his birthday, right? So there's so many people out there right now waiting to find a match to save their lives. So thank you so much for being here, Denise. And I love the information that you shared. I think that potentially we might be able to reach some people that had no clue that this would be a way that they could give back. And is there anything else that you'd want to add to our conversation? So one of the things that I would like to share Mm -hmm. is that when a patient is searching, you know, we sometimes hear from, from donors that they would only want to do it for one, for a family member. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is when a patient's searching, the chance of finding a match within their siblings is only one in four. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty low. So my example is there's four, there's, I have three siblings and three of us are on the registry and I have a sister who's on the registry currently. And out of the three of us on the registry, we don't match each other. Wow. That's, oh, what do I want to say? That's really surprising is what I would say. I wouldn't think there's such a difference in within your family. Yeah. So it's, you know, when we're looking at HLA antigens and just, I'll make this brief, you take half of your antigens from mom and half from dad, and you can take the complete opposite. So you're not guaranteed to have a matched sibling. Wow. So this leads to the point where I want to tell you, you don't know who's out there searching for a match that needs your life-saving bone marrow or stem cells. So you can go today to bethematch.org and I will actually have that link on my blog also. And you can join, click on join the registry there. And after you register online, they just send you a cheek swab swab kit, that's it. So easy, so easy to join. Thank you so much, Denise, for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I love what you guys are doing at Be The Match. I think it's just amazing. So next time, join me when Kelly Sayer is back and we continue our conversation on boundaries, the different tactics we use to test our boundaries and how to enforce them. And thank you for listening to Passionate World Talk Radio. You've just been listening to the most important 15 minutes of your day with me, Shannon Zeman. And you can listen to my podcast anywhere you find your podcasts. And remember, with knowledge, you have the power.